Welcome back to another episode of the TC Spotlight. I am joined today with by uh, Turner Vatipka, my co-host. My name is Benton Moss, and we are the co-founders of Twin County Media. Today, we have a special guest with us, Whit Barnes, who is the Vice President and Director of Sales at Wildwood Furniture. Thank you, Ben Turner. Great to see you. Thanks for coming. Um, this is going to be fun. Looking forward to it. So let's jump right in. Uh, why don't you tell the audience where you're from, a little bit about yourself, your backstory, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. So I grew up in Rocky Mount. Um, my brother and Benton were actually in school together, so we've known each other for quite a while. Went to Rocky Mount Senior High and graduated in 2009 and then went to Wake Forest in Winston-Salem. Yeah, I played football there and then graduated and moved to Greensboro. Lived in Greensboro for three years and worked for Lincoln Financial and Commercial Real Estate, um, which was a lot of fun. We were doing lending for Lincoln's, uh, their insurance plans. So we would get the premiums in and we'd reinvest that into into real estate properties. So that was cool. That was non-recourse. So we were doing non-recourse lending, meaning you have to go out and see all the properties and actually underwrite them as if you were going to own it. Because if you you know take the property back, all you get is the keys. You don't have any other collateral. So I got to travel all over, um, learned a ton, and then took a job with Freddie Mac in Washington, D.C. And worked in Tyson's Corner. Did that for a year and then moved to New York. Yeah. Uh, Moved to New York to be the sales rep for the family business, Wildwood. Um, did that for four years. And so that's where you met your wife? Yes. So we met on a blind date in, uh, in New York City. Uh, was set up by a mutual friend of ours that I went to Wake Forest with and she went to high school with. And uh, so spent four and a half years there and then moved back to Raleigh last June. I do want to make this abundantly clear that we have two Griffons in the room and one, I don't even know what you guys were. The Bulldog. The Bulldog. I mean, what kind of mascot is that? I got to be honest. Uh, it's the most generic mascot in American history. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think most people ask about the Griffon. Yeah, that one is, is challenging for most people. It's not Griffin, it's Griffon. Griffon. And it's it's the lion you plus sound, you guys sound the blackbird. Is really what they combine yeah, the, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so, to be clear, you guys sound super pretentious saying it's the Griffon, not the Griffin, <laughs> but nonetheless. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you got to get it right. So, did we'll you did that. you guys, uh, football-wise, did, didn't y'all win? Did y'all win a state championship? Uh, I wish you hadn't brought that up, but no, we were very close That's what I thought. I mean, it was very, very close. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went to the fourth round of the playoffs twice and the third round once. His fourth round was basically semis, right? That is. Yeah. 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 So yep. West Craven and Western Alamance are our big enemies of mine. We were 3A when you guys were playing, right? Three single A. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, guys, you just refuse to like sell them furniture now in those areas? Just yeah. That's, that's right. Those, those <laughs> counties. Yeah. Just no more furniture in those counties. That's right. Yeah. But we actually just had a little football reunion uh, two weeks ago. Coach B.W. Holt came back into town and we had oh, a good group great. of guys. I'll meet up for, for dinner. That's awesome. Is he retired? He's retired now. He right? is. Yeah. He's retired. What a legend. Lives in Bristol, Tennessee. Nice. Definitely a legend. Legend. He's right he, up there he with did Pat a lot. B, Pat Smith. Yeah. Actually, you know, they're close friends. So he did a ton for us, obviously, but also did a ton for the community too. Sure. 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 So 
you go up to New York, you joined the family business. What was it that brought you back in house? So I was a sales rep um, in New York City. I covered the northern half of New Jersey and all of New York State and then part of uh, Connecticut, Fairfield County, Connecticut. So that was an opportunity for me to learn the business from the ground up. I mean, when you're out on the road actually meeting with customers, that's when you really you figure everything out. Or at least I thought I figured everything out. Um, we've had a couple of, of big things happen um, at our company over the past few years. And probably the biggest one is a new software ERP implementation. And that was part of the reason that, you know, my dad and I thought it would be good for me to move back and start working from the office here in Rocky Mountain because it's an all-hands-on-deck event where you're, you're taking everything that your business runs off of and, you know, importing that data into an entirely new system that nobody knows how to use. And we had to barcode all of our products. We, you know, in the past, we'd just been using paperwork to go out into the warehouse and pull orders, pack orders, and ship them. Now everything's done on a handheld. Um, nobody knew how to do that, you know, yeah. so I wanted to be here for that, but also want to take on more responsibility. Um, so now I'm working as director of sales for Wildwood, helping manage our other sales reps, and then also working on some key accounts myself. So, and I always wanted to be back in North Carolina. You know, I had a ton of fun in New York, great place to, to live. You know, a lot of people say I would just visit. I wouldn't ever live there full time. For me, you know, I could have definitely seen myself there a little bit longer, but there's just too much drawing me back here. Uh, my wife's from South Carolina, so now we're in driving distance to her family. Uh, we got two nephews, yeah, so it's nice to be able to get back down there and hang out with them. But yeah, I just, I like spending time in North Carolina. There's a lot of stuff in New York that you can't do you know, like you would here in North Carolina. So it's exciting right now, a great time of year. Springtime means turkey season and striped bass season on the Roanoke River. So I'm going to take full advantage of being back in North Carolina for the first full year. Sure, sure. Uh, I think Whit and I had texted, this was a few years ago, and I remember asking him, he was in Brooklyn, when are you moving back to Rocky Mount? <laughs> he said, well, baby steps, <laughs> baby steps. Uh, next next step is getting his brother Robert back home. So. That's right. And he's in London right now. So he's yes. a long way. He's, he's there for what, two two years, like a two-year rotation? Two years, or, yeah. No. yeah. I think he moved there last June. And he married a Rocky Mount girl, Lindsay Pierce. Yeah, that's right. um, A lot drawing them, hopefully back home at some point. Everybody Um, everybody comes home at some point. Everybody. And you know what? That's what's cool about, you know, I I see this trend a lot, especially when people either get married or like for us, we had our first kid and uh, we didn't know what to do with it. So we decided to move (laughs) (laughs) into the front uh, front yard of uh, my in-laws. So yeah, there you go. Well, there, there's so many good people moving back to Rocky Mountain right now. So many. Um, you know, between the ages of 22 and 30, I mean, I can, can't count on two hands how many people have moved back that I grew up with or have known at some point in my life. Yeah, I think I think that's been something just kind of with, with us doing this. It's, we keep talking to people like you and others, and it's just becoming evidently, it's becoming extremely evident that people are starting to see at least the potential of what could be here. So we're, we're all kind of like, let's just get ahead of the curve a little bit. Let's go and get established and kind of figure out what we want it to look like versus, you know, just hoping that it changes in some fashion. I think that's been a much better thing about living back here now than we, when I grew up here and went to Nest Central and we were better than you guys and everything. But it was, it was just like a, Name I was, one, I was one sport. I lived in Greensboro for five years. Yeah. And, and I liked it in Greensboro, but yeah. then I was kind of like, 
uh, I got married and my wife and I were like, well, do we want to raise our kids, just me and you, or do we want to be near one of our parents? And I just had a lot more opportunity here than, than where her parents live. And so I was like, let's just go back and be near my family. And that way we can get a lot of stuff done. And, and it's been good ever since. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's so much opportunity, um, in Rocky Mount, you know, Rocky Mount is becoming more and more every day, a suburb of Raleigh, which is a great thing. I mean, you yeah. can see down highway 64, which I think is the future I-87. That's right. Yeah, 87. Um, so many cool things going on. Yep. Um, the Bojangles in spring have, I mean, that was a, that was a big deal, wasn't it? That <laughs> had been in the works for a long time. I heard about that, you know, a couple, two, you know, two, two years ago. And when there's a Bojangles there, they know that rooftops are coming. That's exactly And right. then I don't know if you saw the announcement in spring hope about the big, uh, studio the yeah, movie studio I, I mean that's yeah. like 200 acres of, of of several you know filming studios and um i mean i never replaced spring hope as a you know yeah, a, a, a smaller la but hey uh to my understanding they've already signed like two movies there with, yeah like i don't know if a-list or b-list actors but pretty big name actors yeah yeah be coming there that i'm like that gum dude that's wild. in spring hope north carolina this is wildwood you know that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so you joined the family business um You've worked, you know, up through the sales ranks. Talk about the actual business itself. You know, give give a flavor of the history behind the various brands and how everything was combined. Um, you know, for a lot of folks that are local, they'll know the Bullock sale every year, right? And then they'll recognize some of the brands, but they they may not know the history behind the company. So why don't you give give kind of an overview of that? Yeah. So the grand overview is that. Uh, Bullock started in 1901 and has been in downtown Rocky Mount ever since. Um, I think in three different locations, though, including where it exists today. Uh, Bullock is a family name. It's B-U-L-L-U-C-K. So my grandfather, Bill Kinchlow, who actually passed away on February 6th, he, uh, he started Wildwood in the back warehouse of Bullock Furniture Company. Yeah, uh, he's an electrical engineer by schooling and always been, you know, crafty and building things. But while he was running books, the furniture store, he started making those lamps, floor lamps and table lamps in the back warehouse. And a sales rep came in uh, one day, you know, selling him, I guess, other types of home decor. And the sales rep was like, Bill, you know, these these lamps you're making are great. And instead of just selling them here at your store, why don't you, you know, give a couple to me, give me some, some photography and I'll take them on the road and sell them to other people. And to my knowledge, he was like, all right, well, that sounds good. Um, that's the exact conversation they had right there. <laughs> that's, that's what I've, I've been told. Yeah. This was in 1965, probably. Yeah. Um, Wildwood ended up being technically started in 1969. So yeah, 54 years ago. So, Bill, my grandfather, and his brother, John, um, you know, worked really hard for quite a few years to get everything up and running. Wildwood eventually moved out of the warehouse behind Bullocks and into another location. Um, And then, you know, some years later, I think in the late 70s, maybe early 80s, moved to the current location into a 60,000 square foot warehouse. Um, which we eventually added on two other warehouses on either side of it. And I think that, you know, it's total probably a little over a hundred thousand square feet. Yeah. Of just lamps. Of lamps, furniture, decor, everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. Mainly lamps. <laughs> Mainly lamps. <laughs> Lots of lamps. So we used to 
make a lot of lamps uh, by hand in Rocky Mount. And we still do some of that today. We would import the vases, like the body of the lamp. Do the assembly. And do the assembly yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, we had, we would get pretty deep into it all the way down to, you know, finishing brass and um, making parts in Rocky Mount. So we don't do that quite as much as we used to, but um, there are some countries where we, where we get products from vases like Italy and Portugal where they don't specialize in actually like building the entire lamp. They are really good at ceramics. Like it's an artwork over there. Sure. You know, it's, it's an art form. Um, so we'll import those products and we'll assemble it in Rocky Mount. But generally we're at a finished goods model where we import everything already uh, packaged from our factories overseas and then just act as a distribution uh, company at that, at that point. We do all the design in-house and we also partner with uh, outside designers for designer collections. That's a really cool part of it. It's great for marketing. Um, it's exciting and it helps you get outside of the box of what generally we would be creating in-house, you know, so it brings a different feel into it. Um, but back to Bullocks. Bullocks is uh, on Church Street, uh, two blocks away from where the Bullocks warehouse sale is. And Bullocks sells all kinds of uh, products and not just Wildwood and Chelsea House, not just the brands that, you know, we have here in Rocky Mount, but we even sell like our competitors' brands. Um, so it's neat seeing the retail side of it and the wholesale side of it are so different, you know, and I'm, I'm focused on, on the wholesale aspect of it, but tons of, tons of history. So let's go into that then. Cause if you're, you're more focused on the wholesale side. So I think, it, you know, prior to meeting you today and discussing just some of that priority of being on here, uh, I had no clue that Wildwood was as big as it is. So can you kind of give us like a, a 30,000 foot overview of kind of what Wildwood does and like your role in that and what, I guess, just you know, simple as that. What, what exactly do you guys do and how big are you? Yeah. So we were talking about High Point Furniture Market a few minutes ago before this started. And uh, so we have two showrooms in High Point, one for the Wildwood brand and one for the Chelsea House brand. And we got, I think it's a total of about 20,000 square feet. Um, if anybody has never been to the furniture market, like, that's crazy. How, if you have that much square footage there... I mean, it's not. I don't. It's not easy. Like I couldn't go in and buy any place, and it would be super expensive. So it's it's wild that you guys have such a big foot there. It's Wildwood, yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's just to to kind of set up like what we do. So we have these high point showrooms where uh, the development cycle of products is is based around those two markets each year. April, which is coming up, I'm actually going to High Point next Monday um, to start getting prepared for market. So April and October are the two high point markets. We we introduce new products to our customers and you know potential customers on on those two market cycles. So for a year and a half before a particular market, we'll be planning the products we're going to be introducing for that market. We've got forty sales reps um, on the road, some internationally that sell to our customer base. The customer base is going to be interior designers, which is a, a huge opportunity and it's growing for us. Um, the other one would be e-commerce companies. So we sell, you know, things like Wayfair and uh, Cherish is a big e-commerce company that we partner with. So 
are they and those are branded as Wildwood or are they yep. sort of white labeled and then they branded as Wayfair? They they brand it all as Wildwood. Okay. Yep. So we kind of we shy away from the the white label yeah, stuff. Yeah, we yeah. do make products for some of those companies that you know we wouldn't we design it based off of their preferences and what, what they want. It's so their product you're just producing and that's Yeah, that's right. You're selling them your stuff, saying sell our stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So we do a little bit of the white labeling, do a lot of the branded online. So if somebody wants to buy one of our products and you're, you're a consumer, meaning you're not an interior designer and you don't own a retail store for home furnishings, then you can find all of our products online. We don't sell on our own website to consumers. So, to get pricing or to place an order on our website, uh, you would have to get set up a trade account, and then you get a username and password to log into our website, and you you know we'd give you catalogs and things like that, and a sales rep would call on you, and then you can place orders that way. So then for the for the consumers, I mean those warehouse sales in downtown are really the opportunity to go and buy stuff. Yeah. At retail, I mean that's right. That's the draw. The best way to do it is by yeah. going to Bullocks. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Bullocks can, they can pull up on a TV screen and show you all of our products. So let's say you're building a new home somewhere and you want, you know, a new sofa, lamps, mirrors, you know, the whole, whole thing. Um, they can set you up with, you know, the top tier uh, upholstery manufacturers and then Wildwood can, uh, do the lamps and the mirrors and the, the home decor. Wildwood does everything except bedding and uh, <coughs> generally sofas. We actually do have some upholstery now. So like chairs, like we're sitting in today, that kind of covers the distribution channels. Um, Halfway markets are obviously their key, but we also have a showroom in Atlanta and we're looking at having a showroom in Dallas as well. Um, just get in front of in front of you know customers and big markets where people expect to come and and find uh, home furnishings manufacturers. Yes, I mean, I, I was even looking at a map of like where people are moving to rapidly right now, and two of those cities you just named are like two of the highest growing cities in America. Yeah, it'd be wildwood if you move there and you're <laughs> able to be in front of all those new people moving in trying to get that's right and, and fill out new furniture exactly or like that. the home furnishings markets. You know pretty closely correlated to what's going on in the housing market. You know, uh, Wildwood and Chelsea house are primarily residential home furnishings manufacturers, meaning the majority of the product that we sell is going to be going into somebody's home. But we also have a pretty big contract business as well. So, uh, when a new hotel is being built. I was just about to ask you yeah, commercial side hotels, probably right. What, what are some other, yeah, so hotels, restaurants, senior okay. living facilities, sure. um, all of those are are big parts of our business. You know, obviously the the deal flow is not as large, but the projects are always always large. Um, we have a great team at Wildwood who manages uh, the contract and hospitality business, and we're you know marketing t- for that business as well. Right now, we're working on a project in Ocala, Florida. Ocala, Florida. Yeah, I got family who lives there. Do I? I have family who lives there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, do they that, live on a horse farm? They actually, uh, what's that place down there? The horse place, OBS or whatever? World yeah. Equestrian yeah. Center? Yeah, they're in charge of that. Really? Oh, really? 
That was a joke, but uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's literally like... It's <laughs> just like green pastures and horses down yeah, there. Jacqueline, <laughs> my wife's family, uh, they're friends with the Steinbrenners, and they lived on the Steinbrenners farm and took the horses and traded for them, and then nice. they took over... What's it called? The, you know, World Equestrian, Equestrian Center. Center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That he runs, he's the head guy there. So that's really. I've cool. never been there yet. I plan on going. I went there and bought my wife's ring in Ocala. I drove there. Really? Bought her ring and drove right back. Well, you never. That's the whole purpose of that. You've never told me that they were friends with the Steinbrenners, but uh, well, that's another conversation for another day. That could, that could have been helpful, couldn't it? <laughs> I don't like to. I don't like to throw out names too much, but he mentioned Ocala. It's the only connection I have to. Ocala. I play golf there. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it's, it's nice. So, like High Point is the furniture capital of the world. I'm told that Ocala is like pretty much the same but for for the horse industry yes. and yes. the world equestrian center is a phenomenal uh multiple hotels there um we did hundreds of lamps for the hotel rooms at the first hotel that they built and now they're working on um a second one now which is also a really big project so that that stuff is they have taken products that are existing in our line and then we will modify those products to meet the needs of the particular contract project. Right. So in your home, the lamp might have a, uh, you know, a turn knob switch underneath the base uh, where the light bulb actually fits into the socket and a contract project for a hotel. You so would, bottom, uh, like the little, yeah, right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a toggle switch, okay. a rocker switch. That's, that's the correct. Um, <laughs> and do you guys, I, I know earlier we were showing on the website, do you guys do like kind of, somewhat a custom look for them i know you were saying there's that sort of palm tree looking right lamp that was on or uh, a sconce, sconce yeah was on the wall uh i think is that something you guys do as well as somewhat custom for them or is that just sort of a general look uh, you're exactly right so that particular sconce that we were just looking at and for anybody that doesn't know what a sconce is that's a light fixture that's mounted on a wall um I've been surprised at how many people don't know what a sconce is. If, really, if I, you're not in design or architecture say, or... Until you told me earlier, I knew the word before. But right. You heard of it. I looked at him and like, that's a sconce. I was just like, that's a That's light. a light on that's the side of the wall. <laughs> so that sconce, as it's in our production, I think it's, uh, it extends off the wall about six inches. For contract projects, if you know, in a hotel, it has to be ADA compliant. So the rule based off of the height that the sconce is going to be mounted on the wall, there are different restrictions on how far it can you right. know, protrude off the wall. Um, so we had to modify that to make it no further than four inches off the wall to, to fit with and be ADA compliant for that hotel project. Gotcha. And when they, they, you know, the specifier for that project also picked a different color of green than we would typically have. And you know, what's shown on our website. Right. Yeah. So we, we can do all those types of customizations. Talk about how, you know, your family's been in this business for close to six decades. I mean, there are a lot of ups and downs in the economy, um, you know, a lot of ups and downs in the housing markets, but, you know, yet here you guys are still here. I mean, talk about some of the ups and downs and then also, you know, um, what does it take to have a successful furniture business today? I think the neatest way to describe it is getting back to high point and if you look at the building that we are in i think that there are probably 30 different showroom spaces in that building um my dad found an old map of it's called the hamilton wren district it's a particular district within the downtown high point area where market is held um out of the 30 companies that were in that area um and like 1985, 
three of them are still in business. Snap. One of wow. them. That's a baller statement. Keep going. <laughs> one of them is Wildwood. Okay. Which my grandfather started, like we just talked about. The second one is Chelsea House, which we acquired in 2011. So it's now a part of the Wildwood Lampson Accents uh, parent company. And I'm not exactly sure who the third one is, but... But they're definitely not as good as the first two. <laughs> That's right. And they may not even <laughs> and they may not even be there now. There's some uniqueness to the home furnishings industry. And there's a lot actually. It's you know, it's a very personal industry. When somebody's buying something for their home, it is, you know, you're gonna be spending your your life with that chair or those lamps. You have to see it every day. You know, family businesses have always been the focus of the home furnishings industry. Generally, when the family member that started it or, you know, is a descendant of the person that started it, when it, when it leaves the family members, it typically doesn't go very well. And, you know, whether that's a private equity company buying the company and, you know, it just, it changes the dynamic of, of the business. Sure. So much of it is relationship based. We have really close relationships with our customers and, you know, at least we try to as much as possible. Um, our sales reps know their customers, they're friends with their customers. And, uh, you know, I, I tried to do the same thing when I was a rep in New York. So, you know, the challenge is that's, that's one thing that's a challenge for the industry. Um, but there's so many great families, you know, particularly in North Carolina that have uh, that have started just in- incredible companies that are still here today. Um, tons of them. Century Furniture is a really big one, you know, family-owned brand. Um, I'm not familiar with them. Would you consider them like, um, you know, direct competitors or are they, you know, not as high-end or higher-end? I mean, how, how would Cent- you consider Century is just kind of, they're more of an upholstery company, so they're okay. different. they're different than we are. Okay. Um, so you guys might even do business with them. Yeah, we have. So we'll, we'll supply a product for their showroom. Gotcha. And stuff like gotcha, that. gotcha. But yeah, like we we know all these people, you know. And when right. you're in High Point, you run into these people that you've seen for years and years and years, and you know right. you're friends with your competitors in a lot of ways. And yeah, um, it's a tight knit community, which I think is really cool and and unique. Um, but as far as like the ups and downs go, I mean, I can't think of a, a crazier time for the home furnishings industry than COVID. I mean, it was just... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, dig into that. Talk about it. It was a whirlwind of ups and downs from March of 2019, where we thought that we might not see another order for... Was it March of 2020? It was March of 2020. Yeah, end of March. So you would have been heading into market like a month later. So And I I remember like mid-April... Is it was March when <clears throat> I think it was the Masters maybe when we when they shut that down and then sports yeah. started to shut down and then I think like the first um, case in like Wake County was maybe like first of April or something like yeah. that. So I, I left New York City on March eighteenth. Yeah. Wow, you have really good timing. Really great. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I great you know, timing. I left because things started to get weird there, and yeah. there were, yeah. there wasn't really anything to do. And if you can't go out on the road and meet with your customers, there's really no reason to keep paying for the livelihood. In New York. Well, I kept the apartment. Okay. Um, I got a got a deal on the rent. Um, at some point, and not immediately, but 
I had a, a great apartment in Brooklyn. So I kept that and I, I came home on March 18th thinking I was going to be in Rocky Mount for two weeks and it turned out to be six months. So um, I had to buy some new clothes and yeah, that was... So you left everything back there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I packed for I two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Were, that's wild. But that's I'm, wild, but. <laughs> I'm, I made it back from New York um, in record time. I think it was like six hours and 49 minutes from Brooklyn to my parents' house in Rocky Mount. Did you drive? Yeah. That is a yeah. really quick trip. I've driven from New York City to North Carolina. Well, it's not, it wasn't the police officers you had to worry about. It was actually the speeding cameras in Baltimore that were the problem. Uh, that's, uh, gotcha. That's yeah. Impressive. But, uh, you know, it was, there was no traffic and March 18th was like a, it had pretty much already shut down in the Northeast as far as people getting out and about. Right. So we, in you know, early 2020, we had no idea what was going to happen. We put our, you know, in-process orders from our, for our factories overseas, put a lot of those on hold. That turned out to be a mistake. You know, we didn't expect that the home furnishings industry was going to go up Just like a rocket. rocket. Yeah. Um, and, and we kind of started to realize that things were improving in June of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then for, you know, a year and a half, two years, it was just like we were rolling. We couldn't get enough product in. So it, it was an up and down through through the whole cycle of COVID. It started off really scary and bad. Then shortly after that, we were like, how can we possibly get more containers sh- shipped to the United States and increase our domestic production right. all at the same time? Well, COVID created the challenges of the supply chain. Right. And, you know, everybody is familiar with that. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're trying to buy a refrigerator or it doesn't matter. Everybody yeah. knows that there were issues. So we were not... Suez a, Canal. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. That didn't help. Um, so we were not immune to that. And we had our challenges of getting product here. Um, you know, we would go a couple months without getting a container and then things started to improve um, sh- overseas shipping rates. So when you're, when you're importing a container, you know, you, you, we have a company that uh, provides a service for us to get us the best rates possible. That's just kind of like generally how it works. But as an example, in early 2019, the average container cost from Asia would be about $2,500, maybe $3,000 to get it to Norfolk. Um, during COVID, those prices got upwards of $22,000. What? So, I don't know what, yeah, it was, and that's, you know, that's straight off the bottom line. You know, that's a, that's a cost that nobody was accounting for and you, you couldn't have predicted. You can't not pay it also because you need the product still. Yeah, yeah. But, so the demand was so high at that point that, you know, we would eat into the margins of the products, but we were also able to implement an ocean freight surcharge, which allowed us to recoup some of that and right, not, I was gonna not ask all you, of it. Yeah. How, how much of that did you pass on? But um, So that ocean freight surcharge was 8% and that's okay. based off of the product, uh, product price. Um, customers, that didn't slow anybody down. Sure. Nobody even thought twice about that for a while. We've since removed that. Um, container prices have gotten back down to somewhat normal level. Yeah, but it was a challenge and we were, you know, running our inventory levels were not nearly what we wanted them to be as far as the in stock percentage. And then 
uh, gosh, I guess this was probably in June of last year, the containers just started rolling in. Um, people started getting out and traveling again. Their discretionary income was being spent on other things. Uh, most countries were opening up as far as COVID restrictions go. And uh, we started getting containers rolling in one after the other. And that creates additional challenges, warehousing space. Right. Where do you put all the product that you got? We can't sell it fast enough to, to you know, turn it over to be able to put a new container in the same spot where the other, st other product was. So we've had to expand into additional facilities and, uh, you know, improve our, our warehousing systems, our racking, our storage. And uh, we've been really fortunate that demand has still continued at a, at a great rate. It's not shooting up like it was in 2021. Right. Um, but we haven't really leveled off to the point where, you know, you're not at, you're not at zero, but you're not at 10,000 either. I mean, when 2021 hit, I think everything was just so ridiculously out of hand in sales that people were just like, is this legit? Like, can yeah, because nobody, really nobody was going to, as much stuff? yeah, I mean, nobody's going to, you know, going out to dinner as much or they weren't going to the movies. They weren't going on cruises or vacations. They also got money from the government and they had <clears> a lot of money. <clears> right. So many people I know who built those backyard gardens because they suddenly had you know, yeah. $1,500 that they just didn't know what to do with. So they would yeah. just spend it on a backyard garden. And, I was yeah. like, and now that garden just sits there and it does nothing and they've never grown anything in it. But it's not like they go buy furniture or they go, you know, especially in that instance, inside the house was like the main thing, I think, between right. that and home renovations and bathrooms. I think those are like the two highest expenses. Exactly. So we, uh, we you know, took that as a time to also build up our marketing and try to gain market share because we knew that, you know, that rate of sales growth was not going to continue forever. Um, right. And how do you make sure that you continue on and do well after that ends? Well, you, you pick up, uh, you know, new customers. That's obviously an, an easy one to do, but you also gain market share and you do that by marketing and having really fantastic product. Yeah, um, over the past three or four years, I feel like we've really upped our game as far as our product development goes. In the mid to high end home furnishings industry, it's everything's important. The finish of the product quality is so important. Yeah, um, when you're paying a lot of money for a table lamp, you want everything to be perfect. And you can be unique by having different textures and looks that uh, other manufacturers don't have. And then also creating a good brand. And I think we're, we're pushing as hard as we can to, to make that happen so we can continue to grow even as the, uh, the environment and our industry kind of levels off a little bit. And I think even when we were looking at your website prior to starting this, I think uh, just as a guy who I've kind of interiorly designed our venue somewhat, um, you did a great job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this uh, looks really nice. A lot of Pinterest, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But uh, like the stuff you guys produce is, it's not like overly priced by any means. I mean, I was just like, just looking at it. And then when I was shopping around a bunch, it was like, some things were just, I was like, there's no way a lamp costs a thousand dollars. But now you guys have stuff that's like in a solid price range, but then you also have all your interior designers who create pretty legit looking, not overly, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the word gaudy. Like you don't have gaudy looking stuff. It's very simple and elegant looking but it's stuff that i could see i've seen a lot of homes in general 
and it just looks clean and nice. Thank you. And good. Like, and your website's really slick and easy to use. And I was, I was just like, this business is well put together. I'll say that much. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think you like the Wildwood Select collection the most. Yeah. The, no, 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 to me, it was the interesting part because I know in our house, I have a whole blue house. Like, one, our front room's all blue. Yeah. And then when you mentioned that, I was talk, I was thinking about my wife later, and I was like, it would be really neat to go on here and pick out several pieces and match the colors because you, you guys partnered with Benjamin Moore. Benjamin Moore, yeah. Yeah. So, explain that partnership a little bit because I know it kind of started from some relationship locally. Yeah. Yeah, actually, this is a, this is a really neat story, and it kind of... It follows up on what we did at last Half Points Market, where you kind of you do some sort of introduction every market, whether it's a designer collection or what you would call an in-house collection, like Wildwood Select is. Um, my dad's good buddy, you know, shout out to Ashley Bradley at Wholesale Paint and Rocky Mount. Yeah, they're good friends, and at some point they were hanging out and wanted to figure out a way to do more business together and. My dad came up with a kind of with a unique, uh, a unique collection for custom painting furniture um, and a semi gloss finish, which is very durable and and clean looking. Not not too shiny like a lacquered finish, but it's great for homes with kids. I'll say that much because you can just wipe yeah, off any of the nastiness that's that right. kids put on there, which kids put a lot of nastiness on my furniture. So. That's a big selling point. I'm sure it is. Yeah, <laughs> so we import this furniture in a primed uh, state so it's it comes into us white already packed in a carton the customer whether it's an interior designer or a retail store or whoever when they send us an order they also specify the benjamin moore color so for your blue house you could get you know benjamin moore has 3500 different color options so you could probably I'm trying to find a blue there's, there's definitely some sort of blue that would fit your look carolina blue definitely not <laughs> <laughs> um so we paint it right here in Rocky Mount. We got a, a big spray booth. Um, got a great team of painters that uh, are just really good at what they do. You can get different uh, finishes of hardware on those pieces of furniture. And the lead times are really good, which is huge for our industry. When you get into upholstery and big case goods and things like that that are custom made based off of different sizes or whatever, it can take a long time. Another thing that happened during COVID was the lead times for... Uh, for those types of products in our industry. So we were able to capitalize on the fast lead times for that. If we had the Wildwood Select piece in stock, we could get it painted, dried, and shipped in less than four weeks, which, you know, that sounds like a long time for somebody who's might be used to ordering off of Amazon, but in our industry, that's really, really Yeah, fast. that's pretty quick because you have the you have it in inventory. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I had a friend that moved down to Wilmington and he, I think he ordered his stuff off of you know name an online wayfair or right. one of those online and uh of course you know you don't know what you're going to need until you're under contract for your house but then you got to close in whatever 30 45 even 60 days and i think the folks that owned it like he gave them an extra 30 days to rent it back from him and then they were going to move to colorado so he had maybe 60 days to figure it out he got into his house and they had you know a mattress on the floor because the furniture still wasn't there yeah. and he ordered it like a week into being under contract. Yep. And that's um, not uncommon at all. Right. And it was like another, you know, 30, 60 days after that until they actually got the the furniture. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was like 120 days. Sleeping on a mattress on the floor. It's tough. Yeah. Hey, that's the dream. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, assuming we had it in stock, yeah, the lead time is really fast. And it, it just, it provides interior designers with a, a way to make someone's home feel like it's theirs. The customer gets to select the color, you know, when they get to select the finish of the hardware. Uh, people like that. And, yeah. you know, whether it's a, a kid's room, a, a little girl's room, they get something painted in a crazy pink color. We can, right. we can do anything. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's neat. And that's, that's been a really fun partnership with Benjamin Moore. They've been great to work with. Um, and we have somebody going to wholesale paint daily to pick up uh, new paint colors from, from their store. So it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Benjamin Moore was really excited about the partnership because of the local connection. Yeah. Benjamin Moore's network is, uh, is based off of local dealers. And right. so we were able to, kind of show that to the world and to our industry during market. It was That's fun. Pretty sweet. That's pretty yeah. sweet. So we talked about the the company at large, you know, the, the history of it, uh, you know, how the furniture market, um, you know, changed and, and the effects of COVID on it. Uh, so now that we're sort of through that period and things are starting to return to, to normal somewhat, um, or for, really for the most part, um, you know, where is where Wildwood and Bullock's headed? You know, what's what's on the horizon, uh, whether it be like new products or, you know, other acquisitions? I mean, what, what what's on the horizon? We've got a really great team of a lot of young people in Rocky Mount um, at Bullock's and at Wildwood. We are trying to invest in different areas right now to utilize that young talent to grow. Um, Wildwood, we're currently implementing a new ERP system. And for the people that don't know what that is, it's generally the backbone of everything that our company runs off of. So we used to work off of an AS400 IBM system. That's a green and black screen like you've probably seen on an old movie, you know. Um, it's you know It was great for us for a long time because you could customize it really well to exactly what your business practices were. But it you know, prohibited you from connecting with your customers, uh, for product data and order entry and all those types of things. And, yeah. So for the past, a little over a year, we've been working on this system implementation. Um, we had to barcode every product in our warehouse. It was quite the undertaking in our warehouses. How many products are SKUs? 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 We got, yeah. Yeah. We call them SKUs. We call them products or SKUs. Um, we've got 4,200 active products right now total between Wildwood and Chelsea House. And right now... Putting the stickers. And that's just a... That's a product <laughs> line or an actual product? Like if this, this cup right here is just one cup, but you could have this as a product line. Is that... You get the distinction? So we we have 4,200 different uh, styles. And times. Now. Times. That's not even per item. No. That's yeah. Times item. X that's number of items. Exactly. You can have, right. if you're you trying, have 100 lamps and that's, that's right. item number one. Yep. Holy frick. Yep. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's hundreds of thousands of square feet of, of you know, lamps, furniture, and decorative accessories that have right, to be yeah. relabeled. And we had to train our staff on how to use a barcode scanner. I mean, that's a lot different than walking out into a warehouse with a pick sheet and, uh, you know, picking the items. And right. our inventory management has really improved. And this is going to allow us to do a lot of new things that um, we just didn't have the ability to do before. So 
investing in that type of stuff is is really important. We've got a great staff in Rocky Mountain that is all they've all been very willing to to learn, wanted to learn right. this new system to help us I'm uh, sure long continue haul, to grow. It's, it's easier; it'll be easier for them and smoother. It's just the short term pain of it's, getting over the hump <laughs> is probably a pain in the butt. It's been it's been tough for some people to see the long term benefits. To me, just looking at it from a, a high level down, it's very clear yeah. the improvements yeah, yeah. that we're going to be able to take advantage advantage of. I feel like the ERP systems, it's definitely meant, I mean, it can certainly help operationally, you know, people as they learn how to use the digital, you know, the handheld devices and the scanners and what it all means. But from a managerial per- per- perception, like you get to see so much granular data, I bet that you probably just didn't have the ability to see. Yep. You, you can't fix it if you don't know about it and you yeah, can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. can't grow it if you can't track it. So right. we've, uh, it's a really, it doesn't sound really cool, uh, you know, a software system implementation, but it's so much fun and it's going to be, it's going to be neat to see how it helps us grow over the years. I, I think uh, this is going to be kind of a random point, but I think this is a very interesting that you're just now implementing this newer system. But somehow you guys, since 1985, yeah. you guys are one or two of the only remaining companies, essentially. And I think it really plays back to the point of like the family aspect is the major aspect of why the company succeeds. And just think of how much more successful you guys can be once you have good, clear systems in place. Because you did it without the good systems, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'll, sure some of those other companies that weren't family-oriented had decent systems. Right. They just didn't, you know, they're not, they're some venture capitalist or whatever who just doesn't really care that much. You're getting The relationships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, the reason we haven't done it is because, you know, we knew it was such a big undertaking. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I hope that me coming back to the family business is, you know, is playing a big part into that, um, allowing us to have the, you know, the resources to, to figure out how to do it. And it's been a lot of fun getting out in the warehouse and figuring all these things out, which I'd never really would do on a normal day prior to going through this implementation. I've learned a ton. And for me at a, at a managerial level, I, I don't feel like you can really help grow the business without knowing every aspect of it. And that, that's kind of cliche. And a lot of people would say that, but now, you know, I could go out into the warehouse. I could, I could enter the order myself all the way to pick, pack, and ship the order and get it out the door. And then go sell it to somebody at the same time. And there you go. <laughs> Boom, <baby>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So that's really exciting. There's a lot of other ways we're, we're investing to help for the future as well, too. Like some new designer collaborations, one that we've got coming out um, in two weeks. Uh, this really exciting Denise McGahey. She is an interior designer who also has really good product development skills. Um, very excited about that collection. I'll show you all that in a little bit, but yeah. at, at Bullocks, um, I mean, things have been rocking and rolling. It's doing some, you know, upfitting of the the building. Yeah. Um, got some really good new uh, sales talent there. People that you know have great interior design sense and are also good at working the the showroom floor. Yeah. So we got a great list of uh, manufacturers that that Bullocks has access to. Um, Price points ranging from, you know, just about as high as you can get, um, all the way down to something that's affordable for people who are in their twenties. Right, and that's that's another part of our industry that's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, 
things, you know, tastes obviously change. Uh, but, you know, these days, somebody who's in their 20s generally is not going to be willing to spend for a high-end um, home decor piece. Right. COVID changed that a little bit. People got more interested in their apartment or their home, wherever they were living, no matter what age you were, because you're spending so much time there. Right. Um, so people were taking, um, you know, a closer look at what they well, almost what like they a have. More pride in their home because that's like right. They're actually having to sit there and stare at the walls and think about what light would it be nicer if there was more light in here? If I had a sconce on that wall, there right you now, go. Would that fix everything. Well, well, I mean, I think too, like they weren't spending. They had a a lot more disposable income because they weren't spending it on other, you know, experiences and it allowed them maybe to rebudget for some other things that are going to last them a long time. I mean, y'all's furniture is yeah. high quality. Um, you Lighting. know, it's, it's priced uh, uh, accordingly, but, uh, but I mean, it's high quality stuff. So Lighting I mean, that lasts a lifetime. That's Boom. what I'd like to go it's with. Wildwood. There you go. Wildwood. And we are, we are primarily, a, you know, we, it was wildwood lamps for many, many years um, until we dropped the lamps in the name uh but lighting is like it's the jewelry to a room you know it's what oh, can okay. make a room really stand out and i'll say this if you have the wrong lighting so like when we built this place like we had certain places that had white lights with sort of the yellow right. lights and like certain lampshades that i bought not lampshades uh fixtures up top what do you call those things that would be a chandelier chandelier thank yep. you sorry <laughs> it's not a sconce uh but we had chandeliers i had different chandeliers in here and like some of them just it just like it was up there and i was like it just feels gross like, yeah it literally feels wrong the light dirty. was too white right it's too white or even like even like so like certain class aspects on it would just make it kind of shine wrong or right. whatnot and i was just like this is strange, but like we need to try something. I bought several different things and kept replacing it. And finally it was like, Oh, this is the kind of light. It put out enough light. And it was just like the fixture really did make a huge difference in the way the room felt. Definitely. Which was interesting. And I, as a, as a dude, I never thought that much about it prior, but then whenever I built a wedding venue, I knew I had a bunch of females who were coming in here. Right. I need to legitimately make it feel clean and enjoyable, like a happy place. Not like with too much white light, you feel like you're in a doctor's office. Yep. Like yeah, it feels it feels uh, sterile. Yeah, it feels like <laughs> <laughs> a clean room. It's like, it's like super bright light, LED white. Like oh, it's so bright. Uh, so can you please put on your uh, gloves and uh, mask, please? <laughs> it's it's fun to care about where you live and to to make it a place that's comfortable for you and for guests and yeah, something to be proud of. So sure. oh, yeah. So I guess we're coming to a close here, but you're back in Rocky Mount now, back in the Twin Counties. What is your favorite part about living back here? I guess you still live in Raleigh, but you're working here primarily. Right. So, uh, what's your favorite I part spend about more time the company here. being in the Twin County? Like, you partake. I know you're on several boards and things like that. So, like, what about the Twin Counties? Is it that, that Wildwood wants to be here, that Bullocks want to be here, and whatnot? We have, we have about 75 employees in Rocky Mount. And to me, that's something to really be proud of. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a, as a family-owned business, we try to treat every member of our team like they're part of the family. And it's, you know, you can't do that if you're owned by somebody else. Right. You know, for Rocky Mount specifically, like we said, there's a ton of opportunity um, with all of the good people, the future leaders that are moving here. We got a chance to do some really big things. I mean, you know, there are some great success stories over the years about people that grew up in Rocky Mount, CEOs, uh, leaders of, of all sorts. Yeah, and we got a good opportunity to continue that. So you got 
every day there's something more to do in this area than there was before. Um, like when I, my gym is here in Rocky Mount, more for your body fitness, you know, that we got Rocky Mount Mills and we got new restaurants. Um, my brother and I own a, a building downtown Rocky Mount and we got two great tenants in that building, um, a spa and a hair salon. Um, it's fun. I mean, obviously I grew up here. I know the people, um, I enjoy it. I can be, you know, out in Halifax County in 30 minutes and go turkey hunting and catch rockfish. So right. those, those types of things are great. And, uh, you know, TC media, you know, this is, this is, what's that? It's happening. Yeah, this is, this is great. I mean, there are so many positive things going on that, that need to be, uh, need to be told to, to the world. So y'all are doing a great job of that and we need more of it. Yeah, we appreciate it. You know, for us, the podcast is an, is a different form of media where we get to allow people to sort of tell their stories in long form. You can't really write this in an essay or in a newsletter. Um, you know, obviously we have the newsletter just reporting on events and even doing spotlights on, you know, companies like Wildwood. Um, and then we've got our, our calendar where, you know, for example, you guys advertised, uh, the featured, uh, the warehouse sale. Um, so we appreciate that. Um, you know, we allow folks to submit events for free just to be on the website. Uh, if you want to feature something, it's a little bit of an extra um, for an ad. But um, yeah, we're, we're just trying to highlight all the great things going on in, in uh, the Twin Counties. We think that Wildwood is a part of that. Um, there are many other great family businesses and organizations and, and just individuals that we want to shed light on. So this a podcast is a great way to tell that story. You're not limited to a, a short bit of, you know, three minutes to, to tell a story and make a point that you can really dig deep into something to, right. you know, I, I wish we could keep going, but I know. maybe I we'll know. have to do this. Yeah. 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 We'll do it another time. Yeah. 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 We'll that go sit on great. couches. It'd be cool to and maybe do like a some nice lighting and we'll, we'll get a wildwood lamp in here yeah, for next time. Yeah. And we could, you know, it'd be cool to, to maybe do something uh, during the warehouse sale, you know, get, yeah. get a few more members of the family involved and uh, the company, that type deal and have a little round robin. That'd be fun. Absolutely. So, that so, sounds great. Whit Barnes, Wildwood Thank Furniture. You Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it.